I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 22 of Me When I'm Free. Who is this me when I'm free, and why does it even matter? This is the question that has spurred me on for years now. It's led me down some dark roads of healing and up joyful mountains of calling, and to this moment, right now, still on the journey and inviting you to join me. If it really is true that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive, then it would appear that God would want this even more than we do. But why? Why is this important to him? Doesn't he have more important things to attend to than whether or not we know ourselves and what we have to bring to the world? These are some of the questions I want us to explore together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. Last night in my weekly spiritual direction class, we covered the topic of suffering, a topic that theologians and philosophers have been grappling with since suffering began. We did our best with the two hours that we were given. Why there is pain and suffering in the world deserves no easy answers although many of us try to offer them. Everything happens for a reason. When God closes a door, he opens a window. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. As we grappled together as a class with why we try to wrap pretty bows on the things we can't explain, we spoke of the gift of Christ's suffering and of his personal touch in moments of our own. And I began to recall an incident that took place several years ago. We were walking through an unimaginable tragedy in our church body that had taken us all by surprise. The kind of tragedy that would never make sense in our human eyes, the kind of tragedy that still takes my breath away. My husband, as a pastor, was grappling with how to walk through this pain as a church community. He was reflecting one morning as he was preparing for his day on Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. This was difficult to believe in this dark moment. How could this ever be God working for our good? But still, the words echoed for him. As my husband pondered this verse, he noticed a piece of paper on the ground and bent down to throw it away. As he grabbed the paper and turned it over, he discovered the words of Romans 8:28 written on it. 
a Sunday school worksheet my son had brought home from church. Something happened in that moment that made that verse feel true. A verse that often is used as a trite but well-meaning answer to suffering suddenly held deep hope and promise. But what felt most true? That Jesus was near in this time of suffering, making his presence known through a small slip of paper with children's handwriting on it. As my husband shared that moment with me, a sense of hope and even joy stirred. But how could we know joy in a time of such doubt and disillusionment? Embracing joy felt like negating the pain of this tragedy. And yet, what is the other option? As I remember this moment from where I stand now, I recognize it for what it is. Jesus was creating a pathway between joy and suffering for us. He was opening our eyes to his nearness and compassion that did not erase the pain, but allowed us to move between sorrow and joy, each making space for the other. I am now learning that our capacity to deal with all of the challenges and difficult emotions of life develops out of joy. In episode 21, titled Your Brain on Joy, I spoke of joy being the fuel that our brains need to run. And I shared a gratitude practice that helps to fuel our joy. Today, I want to bless you to know that joy and sorrow can both be embraced at the same time. It is when we allow each to make space for the other that we discover Jesus' nearness in all of our emotions, glad to be with us in both our happiness and in our suffering, which really is where true joy is found. And so today, friend, I'd like to close a little differently than other episodes. Today, I will end our time together with a reading of A Liturgy for Embracing Both Joy and Sorrow from the book Every Moment Holy, Volume 2, Death, Grief, and Hope by Douglas McKelvey. I will include a link in the show notes to a free download of the liturgy on everymomentholy.com in case you would like to follow along with me as I read. A Liturgy for Embracing Both Joy and Sorrow from Every Moment Holy. Do not be distant, O Lord, lest I find this burden of loss too heavy and shrink from the necessary experience of my grief. Do not be distant, O Lord, lest I become so mired in yesterday's hurts that I miss entirely the living gifts this day might hold. Let me neither ignore my pain, pretending all is okay when it isn't, nor coddle and magnify my pain, 
so that I dull my capacity to experience all that remains good in this life. For joy that denies sorrow is neither hard won, nor true, nor eternal. It is not real joy at all. And sorrow that refuses to make space for the return of joy and hope in the end becomes nothing more than a temple for the worship of my own woundedness. So give me strength, O God, to feel this grief deeply, never to hide my heart from it. And give me also hope enough to remain open to surprising encounters with joy, as one on a woodland path might stumble suddenly into dapplings of golden light. Amidst the pain that lades these days, give me courage, O Lord, courage to live them fully, to love, and to allow myself to be loved, to remember, grieve, and honor what was, to live with thanksgiving in what is, and to invest in the hope of what will be. Be at work gilding these long heartbreaks with the advent of new joys, good friendships, true fellowships, unexpected delights. Remind me again and again of your goodness, your presence, your promises. For this is who we are, a people of the promise, a people shaped in the image of the God whose very being generates all joy in the universe, yet who also weeps and grieves its brokenness. So we, your children, are also at liberty to lament our losses, even as we simultaneously rejoice in the hope of their coming restoration. Let me learn now, O Lord, to do this as naturally as the inhale and exhale of a single breath. To breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy, to breathe out lament, to breathe in hope, to breathe out pain, to breathe in comfort, to breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy. In one hand, I grasp the burden of my grief, while with the other, I reach for the hope of grief's redemption. And here, between the tension of the two, between what was and what will be in the very is of now. Let my heart be surprised by, shaped by, warmed by, remade by the same joy that forever wells within and radiates from your heart, O God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness. I'd love a traveling companion. 
My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. If you'd like to connect throughout the week, you can find me at Kaylee Arrett on Facebook and Instagram or at KayleeArrett.com. And if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and I'd be delighted if you left a review. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.